So there was a symposium. They invited a rabbi and a big follower of the Dalai Lama, Lahabdil, and a priest to all answer questions people had. One Jewish woman raises her hand. She says, I want to ask a question directly to the rabbi. Rabbi, I'm listening and I'm learning a lot from the Dalai Lama, Colonel Flan, and I like, I think his opinion in life, his perspective really is a very valuable, can add a lot of light to the world. What do you have against the Dalai Lama? What's wrong with the Dalai Lama? Isn't his opinion good? Why, you, why can't we follow what he says? The rabbi doesn't really know anything about the Dalai Lama. In general, when you say something negative in public about someone, you end up looking bad yourself. So what's he going to say? He doesn't, he doesn't have anything negative to say, and what should he even say? So all of a sudden, God throws to him a idea. He says, you know, among the Jewish people, we know that the one who knows someone best is their wife. Let's ask Mrs. Dalai Lama what she says about Dalai Lama. So the presenter at the symposium starts laughing. His rabbi, you know that the Dalai Lama doesn't get married. I was like, oh, now I understand what's missing in his uh, perspective. We know, just coming out from Yom Kippur and all the holidays, in order for someone to be the Kohen Gadol, to be the high priest that goes in the Holy of Holies in Yom Kippur, he has to be married. A Kohen Gadol was not married, is not eligible to visit the the Kesha um, Kedoshim. There are some people that are very good with animals. They're very good with dogs and with cats. Some people love vegetation and trees. But in order, but they have a harder time dealing with other people. And Hashem tells a Jew that a Jew needs to connect with another Jew. And also to connect with another Jew but Hashem tells the Jew he needs to get married. And a man and a woman are two completely different worlds. When God counts the Jewish people, He counts them according to their families. What makes us the Jewish people is our families. And tonight, let's uh, explore a little bit, let's beginning to read the Torah again. What's the key to have a family that is fortunate, that's good, that everyone feels comfortable, everyone feels good in this family, everyone gets along. What's the key to create this? The uh, English language has two very synonymous words, but very different. There's the word house, and there's the word home. You have a beautiful house, not necessarily do you have a home. Some people are homeless. They may physically have a house, may physically have a place to live, but they don't have a home. It's interesting, in Hebrew, there's only one way to say both words. Buy it. A bayit is both a house and a bayit is also a, a home. And the Rebbe, all the Chabad institutions around the world, what are they called? They're called Chabet Chabad. Ever wants to create homes. Jewish people feel, a Jewish person should feel at home. So what is the, what's the key to create that kind of environment where everyone feels at home? So let's look at this from the perspective of this Victoria portion. Parshas Bracious. Not just a Torah portion, but as the uh, Rebbe said, that the way we approach this Shabbos, the way we set ourselves up to go to Shabbos, that's the way the whole year will go. So what did we learn this week, Shabbos? This... Is that live? It's live. Word? Facebook. Okay. So what is the, uh, what do we learn this week, Torah portion? We read in the Torah portion, 
the creation of man. God creates Zachar Nakeba Bara Isam. God creates male and female. The Torah says that God instructs man to be fruitful and multiply and to conquer the world, bring life to the world, to uh, make a difference, bring life and energy and power and light to the world. And then Hashem says, it's not good for a man to be alone, right? And he, a, a man is not good for him to be alone. And so Hashem creates Chav, Hashem creates a wife for Adam. Now it's very peculiar, if you read the verses of the Torah, the Torah describes the creation of Chava, a lot of questions arise immediately. The Torah says that Zohar uh, and we created them male and female. So why does the Torah say that he had to create Chava later when the Torah originally discussing the creation of Adam? He says he created them male and female. What does it mean? So we know the Torah says Hashem created Chava from the Tzela of Adam. The Tzela usually is translated as the rib. But cell also means the side. The Talmud says that God created man and woman. They were attached from the back. There was a man and a woman attached in the back of each other. And so Hashem says, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make someone to assist him. And Hashem separates Adam and Eve. And then they are supposed to cleave to each other. And then Hashem says, therefore it's not good for a man uh, to be, um, therefore, a man should leave his father and his mother, and he should cleave to his wife, and they should become of one flesh. That's what the Torah says. So the question is like this: Every other creature that God made, He made also male and female, but He didn't make male and female in the same way that He made a human being male and female. But all the creatures, God created them to be. When he first created them to begin with to be male and female. How come God created Adam to be male and female as one? Second of all. Why does God say it's not good for man to be alone? What does it mean that it's not good to be for him to be alone? Why can't man be among all, among all other men? A man could be among all other men, and he'll, he's not really alone. There's the other men to be around other men. Why does the Torah emphasize that it's not good for him to be alone? What way is he alone in a unique way? The Torah tells us it's not good for him to be this. What, what, what does that mean? have to have differences. So, the... Also, the Torah says, because Adam got married, we all have to get married. What's the connection? He got married. That worked for him. Who says it works for me? Because Adam married. He, the Torah says, therefore every man should leave his father and his mother and should cleave to his wife. Why is it for every man? Maybe it's just for Adam and Eve. Who says it's for everybody? Because Adam married Eve, therefore he should, therefore everyone should get married. To understand this, you have to go to something very fundamental in Judaism. We just... Come, again, come from Yom Kippur, conclusion of Yom Kippur, and not just the conclusion of Yom Kippur, but every day, many times a day, we say the verse, Shema Yisrael, Shem Ken Shema Hero Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. That just unfortunately was a Kaiser, a person who, the last thing you say in this world, it's a hero of Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. That's something which is, which is part of being Jewish. Hero Israel, well, who are we talking to? Hero Israel. Who are you speaking to? Shema Yisrael. Listen Yisrael. Who you're really speaking to is your neshama. And the word Shema, which means to listen, also means to understand. Let my neshama understand. Shema also means to gather. When you say Shema, you're supposed to gather together everything in your life, in your mind, in your heart, and realize that Hashem Elikeinu, Hashem Echot. 
that everything going on in your life, everything going on in the world, is all part of God, God's oneness. The question is, if it's, it's one of the fundamentals of, our, of Judaism that God is a, a one, a perfect oneness. What does a perfect oneness mean? He's not, a, he's not a complexity. He's not made of many elements. He's not made of many different things. He's not um, made of different parts. Hashem is a perfect unity. He's not made of any different pieces. So how come out of Hashem, the one Hashem, we have a world where we have billions and billions of rocks and, and trees and animals, not just many different things, and, and, and humans, billions of humans. Why do we have all these billions of people coming from one God, but not just billions of humans, in each person himself? There are billions of atoms and cells that make up each human. There's a soul, there's a body, and not just, not just a multitude of, of creatures, but in each, in each, in one person's mind, there are so many different ideas. And look at the world, there's so many different cultures and beliefs. And what, what, why is it that the one God creates such a world of such multitude and division and when, when He is one? What's the point? The answer is on the dollar bill. What is in the dollar bill? Anybody know? That's one thing it says in the dollar bill. What else is in the dollar bill? That was the first answer. What's the second? Oh, that's a very good. A pluribus una. Out of many, there is one. The Rebbe once said, if I'm correctly, if the Rebbe said this, I don't know if it's Rebbe or someone else, that there are two things that money does to people. And the dollar defends itself and says, no, don't do it that way. Money causes people to lose their belief in God. Money causes people to be divided. So the dollar bill says, in God we trust. And the dollar bill says, out of many, one. That that's not the call. Hashem's oneness unchallenged. Hashem's oneness as He is alone before the creation of the world is not a perfect oneness. The real meaning of Achtos Hashem, the real meaning of the oneness of Hashem is that Hashem's oneness pervades a world with a lot of multiplicity and division. The real objective of Hashem creating the world, as we read in Bereshis, Bereshis of Shalatayr Shal Yisrael, Hashem wants the Jewish people to come to the world of a multitude, of the multiplicity, of division and fragmentation. And to reveal in this world its oneness. That's the reason why Hashem brought each of our souls to this world. Think of music, for example. You could, um, there's many different notes, right? Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, whatever, right? So these notes are very different from each other. When you're in the do, re is, a, is, an, is, is an interruption. Re is, is an incongruous of the do. And if you're a uh, piano player, and someone comes in with a trombone, they're messing up, messing up your style. If you have uh, two kids, one's playing the trombone at home, one's playing the, uh, the piano, the mother has to tell them, you play the trombone in four and five, and you play the piano with the, uh, the trombone in five and six, they can't play at the same time. Two different instruments, two different things. But then it's possible to create a harmony of music, and the goal of harmony of music is to create not just a, com- a composition of many different sounds, but to create something above all the sounds. The goal of everyone playing the music is, together, is to create an energy and a feeling that they're not listening to a certain kind of sound. When you have a bunch of people singing a song together, everyone has their own voice. Mine, Baruch Hashem, sounds a little like a frog coming from Sumkostera. And Proud sounds like a frog. It's not supposed to sound like Sumkostera, right? And then there are other people which had a uh, more frail song. Everyone has their own voice. When you sing a nigan together, what happens? Everyone joins together in the nigan. Sometimes you sing a nigan, sometimes you sing a song, and you lose yourself in the nigan. Sometimes you feel like you want to do teshuva, you have this inspiration, you want to be closer. What's happening in the song? What's happening in the song is you're rising above the specific notes in the song. 
You're rising above the specific instruments that, that everyone's using, or the specific voices of each person, and everyone's part of the song. Everyone's leaving themselves a part of the song. And the song brings us to be on a higher level. The Torah says that the chamber of teshuva is next to the chamber of song. Why is the chamber of teshuva next to the chamber of song? Because the teshuva, the returning to Hashem, and song are of a similarity. They, just like in a song, you're not looking at the details, trying to get above the details, trying to get to the... the, the not, and not trying to go beyond the, the different instruments, but getting to, getting to the deeper, the general sound, the general feeling. So to ensure you're trying to go beyond the here and now, you're trying to look yourself up in the base of Mikdash. What do they do, what, what do the Levites do in the base of Mikdash? The Levites study Torah, what do they do? They sang songs. What's the idea of singing songs? To lift us above where we are. So that's the idea of, also in the analog, that's the idea of Hashem creating Adam and Eve and separating them. Hashem wants there to be a situation where there is division, there is fragmentation. And in the place of fragmentation, in the place of division, in the place of multiplicity, a Jew should bring there the oneness of Hashem. People think that marriage works like this. Yankel and Zlata find, find favor in each other's eyes. And because Yankel likes Zlata, Zlata likes Yankel, they decide to get married in order to satisfy their feelings for each other. That's what people think. It's really the opposite. The reason why God created feelings in Yankel for Zlata and feelings in Zlata for Yankel is because God wants there to be unity in creation. Hashem wants us to become one. Hashem wants us to bring the oneness of God into the world. And Hashem wants us to bring His oneness into the world. Therefore, Hashem created the attraction of male and female. It's not because we have attraction, therefore we get married. It's the opposite. That's why a lot of people will get married. Unfortunately, what happens? They get married and they get divorced. Why do they get divorced a lot of times? It's because I got married because I felt attraction. And I don't feel the same attraction. Why should I could stay? But the truth is that the marriage isn't about the attraction. That's not what it builds it and that's not what it should end it. And the opposite. Hashem wants it to be that a Jew should bring the unity of Hashem in creation. There should be a family. There should be a connection between people. Unity has two layers. Unity, one layer of unity is, I could stand you. I can handle you. I don't mind that you exist. Your existence is not a contradiction to my existence. A deeper layer of unity is, not just I can handle you, but your difference to me actually allows me and you to create something new. Because you have a different note than I do, we are able to do something special together. People, I'm not, Baruch Hashem, no, I'm not playing instruments, because it might sound like my froggy voice, but people who play instruments talk about being part of a band. If you play the, the, a, a guitar, right? And uh, Ruby plays uh, the drums. So, it's not only that the, the, the drums enhances the sound of the guitar, but you play the guitar better when you're listening to the drums. It's not only that you don't want your personal sound to stick out, you want the music to come out. It's more than that. Your own instrument, you put your heart into it in a different way when you hear the sound of the other instrument. The other instrument highlights the value of your instrument. And the same is also in a marriage. Rabbi Shate Savatitsky, the Rebbe Zemesari in Belgium, he said a personal story. When he and his wife first went to Belgium, one of the things they had to do was to buy a home. And they had different opinions about what kind of home they wanted. He wanted, in Belgium it's very common, to have a two or three-story floor, a two-story house. And his wife didn't want it. Why didn't she want it? 
Does he have to climb the stairs so many times in the day? She wanted a one-story home. He wanted two, three stories. She wanted one story. This non-Jewish man built a home and he died. And his children wanted to get rid of the home at a ridiculous price. A very, very cheap price. Not only did they want to get rid of the home at a ridiculous price, more, they were ready to put in all kinds of other stipulations in the contract. When we build a sukkah, we do this, we do that. It was a real mitzia, it was a real deal. So he asked the Rebbe, what, what, should they buy it? He didn't write to the Rebbe that I prefer one story and my wife prefers a two story. He didn't write any of that. He just said, this is the deal. It's a really good deal. Should we go for it or not? And the Rebbe answered, Ask your wife and do what she wants. I never underlined the word kirtzayin, what she wants. He asked um, his wife. His wife said, it's not what I want. I could go along with it if you want. But if you're asking if this is what I want, it's not what I want. Okay. Now, that's what happened. So, of course, they didn't buy the house. Years later, they found a one-story house. They wrote to the Rebbe. They didn't write any details again. Immediately, the Rebbe says, you should buy the house. So, besides the open divine inspiration of the Rebbe displayed in the advice, right? He didn't tell the Rebbe anything about his opinion, his wife's opinion. He just said, should we buy the house? And the Rebbe right away sees the whole story. You want the house? She doesn't want the house. Ask your wife. But besides that, the divine inspiration isn't the point. The point is something else. There are certain things that are in the purview of a wife that she is given a, a unique ability to... to she is, is the, as in Tesla Talmud, um, that a woman is called a home. A woman is the home, and therefore, the decision of what kind of home to have is something which is usually in the purview of a home, of, of, the, of a wife. And it's possible that a husband and wife, God forbid, need to get divorced, such a thing exists. But in most cases, it's, it, Hashem created us, the whole point of our being in this world is to overcome our differences and to unite and to find someone that you are meant to overcome the obstacles and to unite with this person. And through this specifically, you fulfill the intent of God in creation. Why? When God created Adam and Eve, says in the Torah, the Zohar, Arizal says, in Adam, every soul that will ever be born was there. In Eve, every woman, every Jewish woman's soul will ever be born was there. In the marriage of Adam and Eve, you have the union of all the Jewish souls. So whenever you get married, it's really your second marriage, right? Because you're already married. Adam and Eve were married. So the reason why Hashem puts a soul in this world is in order to create this unity. Overcome the differences that, that prevented you from making that unity. And that's why also parents have children. The reason why Hashem made parents have children is because Hashem wants it to be a family. What's a family? A family means that there's division, there's multiplicity, that there's different kinds of kids, or different kinds of... And out of the whole... And the family becomes a unit. And therefore, the father is able to handle the fact that his kid is, is driving him crazy and the, and the brothers can handle it. Where, why do they, we have this natural love for each other? Why is there this nepotism? Why do people favor their families? Hashem created this, this feeling and this love for each other because Hashem wants us to overcome our differences and to create this, this kind of unity amongst each other, starting with our family. There's a woman who... Um, she survived, she's a Holocaust survivor. She lived almost to be 100 years old and she, her family made a party for her. At her, I don't know what year, what year it was, 95, but some close to 100, made a party. 
and she has close to a hundred grandchildren, and great grandchildren all together. So, so one of her, um, she she was by the party and she starts to cry. So one of her children says, "Why are you crying, mom?" She says that she was in Auschwitz, and the gates in Auschwitz had an electric car in the So if a Jew touched it, he would have to get electrocuted. But many people ran to, they knew about it, and they specifically touched it anyways because they, they couldn't handle the living anymore. She couldn't handle living either. So she said she walked over to the gate to kill herself. And as she's walking over to the gate, to, to the fence, a Nazi sees her, he knows what she wants to do, and he kicks her in a way that she felt the pain many, many years afterwards. She said, the Nazi told her, you're not going to die so easily. die so easily. Imagine, she said, if I would have gone to the gate, all this wouldn't have been here. Many, many, all of us, we could look at our grandparents, our great-grandparents, and we can see there are a lot finer Jews than we are. Wow, amazing Jews. But what about the Jews that come from us? What about our grandchildren, great-grandchildren? No way. And you have a house, right? A house. A house, after a while, it gets older, to replace the roof, right? Vitaly, on the house, a house, eventually, even in California, eventually, to place the roof. And, and it gets older and older. But a home, you build a home, the home creates children and grandchildren. There's a guy who wants to commit suicide, he's on, he's on a bridge, a psychologist comes, people are trying to convince him to go off. Finally, someone says to him, you know, every person has a soulmate. If you jump, there's someone who's waiting for you, and she's not gonna, she's gonna be very disappointed because you're, you're not gonna be there. And the Abishter specifically tells us in the story portion, the goal of creation. The goal of creation is that there has to be un- unity. And therefore, Hashem made Adam and Eve, first of all, to be one. First of all, to be one because the goal is they should have a real union. They should become really one. However, Hashem separated them. Why did He separate them? Why did Hashem create Adam and Eve be like all other animals? Because all other animals, they have children, but they don't know each other. The father and the mother and the child, the father sees the child and doesn't talk to, the dogs don't talk to each other about their children. The dog leaves. What, what? But Hashem wants a husband and wife to have an inner bond with each other, have a deeper connection, to create one instead of se- at, a, at, a, at a place of separation and differences. And therefore, Hashem created the attraction of a, a, a husband and wife, and therefore Hashem created them, first of all, to be one to begin with, and Hashem separated them in order that they should be, not just they should withstand each other's differences, but also to create this new kind of union, this new kind of oneness out of the multitude, which is all point of creation. That Hashem puts us in the world, and this is not just a, about marriage. Some young men over here were not ready to get married, Baruch Hashem. Time yet. Some young men are ready to get married, but they're wasting their time. Whatever. But the point is that the Abishter wants us not only regarding marriage, but also each of us, Hashem puts us in this world, and He wants us, wherever we are, to find the divine providence of why we are in the place we're in. I just want to share one more thing, let you guys go. I was reading this morning a letter that the Rebbe wrote to a husband whose wife was having very great challenges both in her mental, emotional, and physical um, health condition. And the Rebbe told the husband these two letters. The first letter the Rebbe tells the husband, when you pay attention to your wife in a way that's noticeable, it adds to her health, it enhances her health. Pay attention to her, it enhances her health. It enhances her health. So they wrote back to the Rebbe. Um, that's the worst thing you can tell a husband, right? He right away gets defensive. What do you mean? Me? We do this together, we do that together. What do you mean to pay attention? I'm paying attention. The response. The word paying attention in Hebrew has two bases. 
two bases means two parts of the heart. And you pay attention not just with your godly soul. As the Torah says, you should love Hashem with all your hearts. So too, a husband supposed to pay attention to his wife with all of his hearts. Not just his, his neshama, but also in a very down-to-earth way. His godly soul, the whole heart, let's pay attention. The Rebbe says, and that enhances the, the health of the body and soul of your wife. But then the bads. Amazing. The Rebbe says, it's true that your calculation is correct. You are paying attention. However, the Rebbe says, there's another point here and a fundamental point. What's pertinent over here is the health of your wife. And therefore, the yardstick that needs to be used to determine if there's enough being done or not has to be a medical yardstick. And therefore, the Rebbe says, you can't always measure with dry facts the feelings of the heart. And therefore, the Rebbe says that there's more to be done. More to be done. Yes, you're, you're doing A, B, and C, but there's more to be done. It has to be done in a way that there is a... That, that the person senses and feels that you are there and you and you care about them. And this is, again, it's not just about marriage, it's about, it's about realizing wherever we are, the Mishnah Hashem has for us in a place of fragmentation. And each of us, you know, look at the, the circumstances that put up in your life and, the, and everyone has different, different challenges, everyone thinks that their package is the biggest one. And Hashem wants us to pay attention to, and people have really hard stuff. But the Abisha tells us, He's about to bring the coming Mashiach. Nehemiah tells us, God created the whole world. God created the whole world of each of us. Our heavenly part of our world, the earthly part of our world. He created the whole thing. And He created it in order that we should bring the Yul, bring Mashiach. How? By in, the, in the, all different parts of our life to reveal Hashem's oneness. Chaim Chaim. help us to reveal His oneness of Hashem in our lives. And those in the Abrach Vashidach. To find bracha for Shidduch, those need a bracha to uh, find uh, Yeshua, an embassy Yeshua, and Icarus should see the embassy revelation of God's oneness to come to Mashiach. Machaim, Machaim. That is coming with food and drink. Okay.